0: All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast for a special edition podcast episode with me, your host, Ryan, and your co-host, Kelly Ravenscraft. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly.
1: Thank you so much. So glad to be here.
0: All right. We're at Mission Hills, uh, fresh off Pride Sunday, and we want to do this podcast episode. I think we're going to break it down into two different episodes that we'll release during the summer. So this is part one. Welcome. We're going to talk about questions that uh, tend to come up at Mission Hills and kind of how we think about uh, where Mission Hills uh, has evolved from and how we think about uh, the community and some of the language that we use when we talk about Mission Hills. And so last year uh, we did Deconstructing Our Values, where we walked through the About section on our website. And this year, we're going to do something fairly similar where we're just going to talk about sort of Mission Hills conceptually and how we think about uh, the community and what we hope for Mission Hills to be and to sort of um, embody in the world and how um, we're both incredibly grateful to be a part of this community. So that's going to kind of give a sense of uh, where these two episodes are going. And so our first one is going to be something along the lines of, you know, what is Mission Hills and how do we think about it? So I don't know if you want to Necessarily intro or add anything to that, Kelly, but.
1: No, I'm excited to break down a little bit more of, you know, what even goes into our physical space. How are we entering into whether it's a Sunday morning or an event? uh, What mindset do we hold? And not necessarily what the expectation is for anyone else, but what might someone experience as they're coming through Mission Hills, whether that's one time or you become part of the larger Mission Hills community. Um, I think it'll give a little bit more background for folks who maybe haven't heard us say it the million times that we have uh, over the last couple years, just because it's important to bring up these things and um, say, at least open up the conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I hadn't really thought about that. I'm um, glad we've really thought through this podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but that that is an interesting aspect to it just even thinking about all the things that go into creating a physical space cuz I think that is important to both of us that when people step into uh Mission Hills or a space like Mission Hills uh you want it to the space alone to feel welcoming and one thing that we say all the time at Mission Hills is that um everyone belongs and we mean that in in the truest sense in the most sincere sense that we can, uh, and the physical space can speak a lot to that. And so, uh, that's something that by no means I feel like anybody's uh, perfected, but that, uh, I hope that I've been mindful in sort of crafting uh, a space that people feel like, uh, Oh wow. Okay. Like I have a sense of, I have a sense of this place. So, Mm -hmm.
1: um, yeah. Yeah. And I think honestly that, thought process is one aspect of many things that are needed in spiritual spaces whether they're christian christian adjacent interfaith that sort of thing um because it can it can make or break someone's experience especially if they've had really hard experiences in other church spaces the way that it looks conveys i think our values in a true sense that's why we have the kind of art that we do on the walls. That's why right. we intentionally create a uh, open space. So that way, when we break out into conversations, there's the ability to move around and to exist in however you need to be on that day or during that service. So, um, is there other things that come to mind when you think about the question of what's needed in like Christian spiritual spaces?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, uh, Yeah. I mean, you, you just mentioned something that I hadn't really thought of in the way that you said it, which is something to the effect of, um, because so many of us have come through Christianity and it's like, we've all been a part of the game. Like a lot of people that find themselves at mission Hills have been in church their whole lives. Uh, their whole adult lives have worked in churches, have volunteered in churches. And so, uh, at a place like Mission Hills where you're trying to to set a table and set a space for everyone and embody what you hope a different kind of Christianity would be you know in some ways you're limited because you're operating in a physical church Mission Hills is built in the 1950s so you're sort of operating within a legitimately a, uh, you know, a structure that has been used as a church for mm-hmm. 70 years. So how do you make it feel? How do you make that space feel welcoming in a way that, um, maybe differentiates itself from what somebody sort of associates with, uh, stepping into a church. And I think you're right. Like, uh, you know, we'll have, uh, Art and uh, flags, like we have uh, a welcome. Like when you walk in, uh, you're probably going to see a pride flag and some uh, explicit uh, welcome to the queer community. Mm-hmm. And so that is not something that you have to go searching for. Right. And that's important for how I think we hope to initially sort of set the table of Mission Hills that differentiates itself just a little bit. And I'm not saying that like solves all the problems in some respects, but what you're hoping to do is saying, um, here, here is a comfortable space. Here is a, hopefully a beautiful space. Um, and I think we really try, try our best to do, to do that. We really try hard, um, to embody, uh, true belonging and welcome for everyone. And, um, aesthetically, you want to have a space that, um, whether you come from a Christian background or a secular back background, because we do a lot of community events, that anybody can walk into that space and and feel really welcome and be like, oh, you know what, I can I can just be myself here with whatever I'm coming in with, and so I don't know if that answers your question, mm-hmm. but uh, I think in your, your to your specific question, like what is Christianity need Christianity probably <laughs> it's a lot of things uh but it definitely needs uh spaces where people can walk in as their whole self
1: absolutely
0: um and so any modifications that we can make to the space where people can feel anybody can feel more like uh I can walk in as my whole self mm-hmm. then that's like what we're we're hoping to do so
1: yeah, and I think that transparency piece that you touched on is so important. Um, there are so many communities that might say, you know, all are welcome, but not necessarily mean that in the truest sense. And so all of our branding, all of our website, our podcast, everything is linked back to that about section. Um, where we're very explicit about one, our connection to the disciples' denomination and how they might understand. Um, inclusivity, but then how do we uphold that as our individual church? Mm. Um, It links to also the other organizations that we support, Social Impact Center, things like that, um, because we also want to really be invested in the community that's around us. I think something that I've talked a lot about with uh, another organization that I'm part of, Q Worship Collective, is the conversation around— Gotta
0: get the plug in. Hey,
1: now. Um, (laughs) The conversation around consent, right. In, in space and in a service to say, Hey, you have agency over Mm -hmm. your own body. You are not forced to participate in any one way. We want to make sure that we are giving permission. Um, if you've never heard it before from a religious authority per se, Mm -hmm. um, that you're allowed to think and to feel however you feel. And also you're allowed to be however you need to be. Um, I, I've, I say that because it's so important to me, having come from spaces that you're told you know when to sit down, when you're supposed to have an emotional reaction to worship, right, when you were allowed to have this kind of fake vulnerability and when you had to you know push everything to the corner to the shadow, so something that for all for all of the things that come with it, um Mission Hills can be a very vulnerable space. And we want to be very intentional about how we carry that and how we hold it. Um, hmm. and we want to do that from every level, whether that's the physical space, our online presence, what happens in a service, what sort of events we're doing.
0: Good all of that. Thank
1: you. Um,
0: yeah, that's, yeah, I think all that is, I resonate with and that's really important. I think in, in thinking about mission Hills, I've always been wrestling with how, how we, yeah, because I don't want to be part of that fake vulnerability kind of stuff, which Mission Hills tends to be uh, an incredibly vulnerable uh, space. And I think uh, we hope to be that in, like you said, in a sense that people have agency to mm-hmm. to decide, like we're not forcing people to be uh, to vulnerable, to be vulnerable or to even participate. And I think that's something that has always been something that we've tried to figure out as we've gone along. Is Like I said, people that come to Mission Hills have typically already won at Christianity. They've already been the people that have tried the hardest, who are the holiest, who read their Bible every day, who did all the book groups and all the things that church had to offer, and it burnt them out, or they came out thinking like, I did all the right things, and I was pushed to the margins of my church because of uh, identity that I have, or who, uh, or something that I think or believe, or a political um, ideology that's not accepted in in a lot of conventional Christianity. And so, what separates, I think, Mission Hills or what we try to try to create space for is a place where people can can actually be and to rest and experience faith um, where they're at and what makes sense for them uh, as an individual or as a group and helping kind of uh, guide along that process uh, in a variety of different circumstances and from a variety of different uh, religious backgrounds. And so to to have a space where you're not pressuring people to, um, to do all the things and to volunteer uh, is a very different way of thinking about church and engaging in church because um, I mean I know I, I ask people to sign up for certain things, but it's like trying to not pressure people to have to volunteer or get involved if people uh, want to. Uh, that's great, and they tend to ask us like how they can help out, and that's always appreciated. But um, the way church churches have taken advantage of people and people's time and volunteers is not something that we want to replicate. So when we're answering questions about like, how do we try to make mission Hills an alternative space, but one in which people can spiritually grow and heal on their own terms. um, There aren't too many places that I found that like lets people do that and lets people find a community where Everybody um, allows each other to to grow and uh, to be and support each other through that process where they're at individually if that makes sense mm-hmm. I don't know if any of that made sense but
1: absolutely and I think there's a lot there and I'll try to remember all of my <laughs> thoughts um, and I'm gonna jump around in uh, some of the the things that we have kind of ahead of us for <laughs> the conversation but one of which we don't have a specific doctrine that anyone who attends Mission Hills has to subscribe to, which I think is is true in form to us being a disciples of Christ Church, we're kind of the like lost sibling who we are a part of the family, but we also sure. are off doing our own thing in in some regards. Um, but they all they too don't have a strict doctrine that we have to. Uh, maintain or get people to sign off on. And there's a lot of freedom in getting multiple kinds of understandings of faith or belief. And in that, we get some pretty interesting conversations too. It's a definitely unique experience. If you're walking into Mission Hills, we do things podcast style. We're having a conversation together on Sunday mornings. And we do that because we don't believe that Ryan... Maybe you have all the answers, but I definitely don't have definitely don't. any yeah. if and any or all answers when it comes to how does spirituality look or what is it supposed to look like? how does it play out in our lives? Um, and we can also give people permission of hey if church is not kind of in the lineup for you right now, if that's not something that you feel like fits, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we're one of I think few churches that might give people permission to not have to go to church yeah. Um, if it's not the right time for you. so
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that is uh, a really, we've run into different um, questions through the years around um, membership and where, where certain people are. And uh, I lovingly like to say we, we've graduated a lot of people from Mission Hills and they're still a part of the community, even though I still have yet to send them their graduate certificates. Maybe Jason Fallis, I'm looking at you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's structuring church in a way that um, allows people to to be a part of the community uh, at their own at their own pace. You said something today, uh, Pride Sunday, that I thought was really powerful, and maybe you said it on the podcast as well, but. Um, what I hope for people's participation at Mission Hills, because we know that people are um, healing from church trauma and, you know, experience burnout and sp- experiences they've had in um, Christian spaces or uh, Christian contexts more broadly, that can be culturally or whatever uh, to, we say like for people that like find community at Mission Hills at you know, some time and place in their life, Uh, if you can show up for, for other people who, who need a supportive person there, because people are, um, you know, coming, finding mission Hills and, and perhaps they're, you know, coming from a a really difficult church circumstance. Um, if you can hold space for another person who is potentially coming from that kind of space, that might be the greatest gift. And how I would hope the community sort of forms is being able to walk through life together in the, in the fullness of that, uh, and also say, you know what, there's somebody out there that is, you know, they're struggling to to find themselves in a context which they are being pushed to the side, mm-hmm. and they might find themselves at Mission Hills, and. Uh, I can just be one supportive presence for that. I don't have to say anything. I don't necessarily have to do anything, but just your presence alone can make the biggest difference. And so when I think about participation and mission Hills and those kinds of things, it's like, yes, it is for um, your personal growth and healing development. And you and I are here to be supportive of that. And that's a huge portion of it. And then the other portion is like, and if you can hold space for somebody else for, you know, two months, two years. That's beautiful. And if you can't, because there's like too much shit going on, uh, and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. I can't, I just can't be in a space that's even remotely religious. Then we welcome that too and say, you know, Hey, like keep in, keep in touch with us because we love the people that graduate from mission Hills uh, just as much as anybody else. So, uh, to me, that is a sort of bigger vision of church and Christianity that holds that holds a space beyond just the physical location. That holds beyond just like a time and place. It says, you know, Christianity and um, a spiritual life is about being uh, present with your life and about being present with the circumstances in the community and the world that matter. So, if church and, uh, Christian faith perspective aren't helping in that pursuing, uh, the common good, pursuing, uh, what makes you, you feel, uh, good and connected to you and your community, then, um, then yeah, leave what doesn't work for you. Um, and I think a Christianity that supports that like agency, like you were just talking about, um, that is what Mission Hills is hoping to do within the context of a quote unquote church. And like you mentioned, like we are disciples of Christ, uh, church and yeah, we, you know, you said we're like maybe a little like offbeat from that, but I think the ethos is, is very similar. Uh, we just tend to find ourselves, um, and recognize like our, our community and our context is always going to be people that aren't coming from a disciples of Christ background. And so, um, so yes, yeah, so our, our perspective tends to be uh, just meeting people where they're at, and that tends to not be necessarily within the context of sort of maybe a traditional church environment. And uh, that's something that I am personally kind of suited for, but uh, yeah, it makes us a little bit different than maybe your traditional church Thanks for pointing that out, Kelly. Yeah.
1: yeah. All that was really well said. And I think, honestly, in the future of church, folks will be looking more and more for those alternative spaces um, that don't have the same traditional feel. I know it can be really uncomfortable for some folks on their first visit, maybe to Mission Hills, where it does completely change your expectation of what church can look like, Um but I think it's in that uncomfortability that we grow, that we yeah. can change and that we can also relax and allow ourselves a little more grace of, oh, I don't have to show up any specific kind of way. Um, I can just be myself. And hopefully you're meeting other folks in that same boat. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're having conversations an hour, hour and a half after service even ended. And that's where I see a lot of the beauty of where Mission Hills has been like growing and changing, yeah. and something that you had said um, just really struck me of you know, a person's value does not depend on them showing up on a Sunday, right? <laughs> Which, like, that shouldn't be such a statement, but I think it is countercultural to some of the church experiences that people coming to Mission Hills have gone through, um, as unfortunate as that is. And I, I myself, I think, would count myself as one of them. Um, and so there's a lot of undoing that happens at Mission Hills, which I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that is things that we hold at the same time, which is um, the the presence with the undoing and the, you know, you call it reconstruction, call it um, call it whatever you want. I don't know. But it is, it is something like, um, to me, there is something – that I find very life-giving about being a part of a community like Mission Hills, because um, it can be, uh, you know, we talk, and one thing that always uh, annoyed me about church growing up is I felt like nobody was talking about anything.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm like, what are we talking about? And so, uh, you know, I always kind of envisioned if I was ever a part of a church or you know, ever had a, an active voice, like we would just try to talk about real things that were going on in the world, talk about things that were going on in our lives, talk about questions that we had. And so, you know, in some ways, Mission Hills can be, um it can be sort of a difficult, or almost like you're saying a jarring environment because, um, you know, we will, we will talk about difficult things. We will talk about, um, stuff going on in the world that is sort of unbearable. And yet there's also this element about it. That's like, well, you can actually have a really rich spiritual community. Um, sometimes I even hate using the words, I shouldn't say hate, sorry. Um, I don't like using the word word, spiritual because it sort of implies that there's, um, you know, something special going on. But just some, something, something that has, like, some depth to it and has some uh, life to it that even though we're talking about really difficult things in our own lives and difficult um, circumstances in the world, whether that's uh, gun violence or police violence or war or any number of other, you know, sort of global tragedies that are uh, simultaneously going on around us, it's like we address those and say, you know, Christian faith should have something to say to all of us. And yet at the same time, you know, doing this in a community is uh, like a really, I don't know, like joyful experience to me. At least it has been, I mean, it hasn't been all joyful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Jason, right? I mean, you're never going to listen to so. this, but if you, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so so uh, it's not all, necessarily joyful but there is a sense of like levity to it that like in in sort of walking through all these difficult things together like you can have a supportive community um that that is just gets to like be together and uh, to me that is a completely unique experience uh i'm just like totally you know doing this on the on the fly and uh it's yeah it's just a real joy to like be a part of in the midst of, um, a lot of, you know, really less than ideal, um, circumstances. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's uh, kind of an unexpected surprise and like a hope that I would have about Mission Hills and one that I feel like, uh, we sort of weirdly walk that line mm-hmm. together.
1: It's been cool to see how it's evolved. And I think the, the strongest and most important conversations that we can have just in general, are ones that deal with the hard things of life, but can also, in the same breath, share a joke or sh- share some sort of experience <laughs> together. <laughs> joke, <But> like, <laughs> it's like
0: I have knock knock jokes. I don't. <laughs> I'm always really bad at this. Listen, I talked yeah. about
1: TikTok sounds today, and yeah. that got the most laughs. So it,
0: w- it was it's really fine. funny. Thanks. Even though I don't have TikTok, it's I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah
1: just a heathen. Yeah, I know. Old, I, I know. always
0: trust that the best TikToks will eventually make them to, to, to Twitter. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like matters. if it's worth, if it's a good TikTok it'll, <laughs> it'll a, be on it's Twitter. It's a slippery I guess.
1: slope if you get yeah. too far in the depths, but all that to say, yeah, get
0: back to what you're saying. So, <laughs>
1: um, like in the same breath, we can, you know, share a laugh together and also be talking about something really hard. And that's the balance of grief and joy and hurt and anger. And, um, the, the comfort of community that I think we, we do well um, mm. and it's, it's changed because of the people in the room mm. have changed. And um, I wonder how would you describe why we still use the language of church or um, community? Why, why the name? You know, why are we doing what we're doing um, in the space that we're doing it? How does this make sense in the context of, like, L.A.? With a lot of people coming in and out of the area itself as well. how do you describe those five questions?
0: Yeah, that's those are some like huge questions that uh, I have <laughs> you <wrote> them, so. <laughs> yeah so i I've like I continue to think about these questions in a variety of different contexts, and I don't think that there is one right answer to this. And I think, and I think we're, I know, <laughs> but w- it is like we are trying to address it from a particular angle. So I think there is something, um, beautiful to be said, like we're have been talking about, about a supportive, uh, spiritual community that offers, uh, each other grace. Like I think we'll probably talk about maybe in part two, some of the language that we use around that, but we tend to have sort of settled on a a phrase of saying that we create spaces of um, belonging, healing, and wholeness. And to me, that is a space of church. I mean, like you said, it has a lot of baggage. Just even saying the word church like, makes people's skin crawl and blood boil. So I think that is... A lot of the pushback that I've received over the years has been, "Why do you call this a church? It doesn't feel like a church. Should I think that this is a church? Do you feel like you're in a church? Why are you the pastor of a church? Like, get me out of this church." Um, so I'm sympathetic to all of those impulses and responses, and like I said, it might be a comp out, but I I don't. I recognize that people that find themselves you know, around Mission Hills. It is impossible in today's world to not have certain assumptions and, uh, yeah, assumptions about what a church is and what they represent and what they're doing in the world. And a lot of times those associations are pretty negative, rightly. Right. Uh, and so to double down and call yourself a church yeah. It's kind of a risky move. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, I think sometimes, especially in the context of mission Hills, like maybe it's not the most helpful term. Um, because like I said, a lot of us are you know done with church and, uh, we had a series, what was that a couple of years ago? We called it like done, done with church. And people are like, what What are you doing? Are Are you done with church? Um, like I've already been done with church. Uh, are we going back to church like that? That was a funny comment. I was like, Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. Like people had already assumed that they were done with church. And now that we were somehow going back to church, which is not what I was trying to say in the midst of that. I was just trying to ask questions about um, sort of the end of church as we knew it broadly, sort of societally. But uh, so in many ways, like mission Hills Christian church is, um, is a sort of reclaiming of Okay, we recognize the history of certain forms of Christianity that are harmful for a variety of reasons, across time, across denominations, and that is something that I sort of recognize we're not running from. Uh, we're sort of recognizing that this is a lot of the the world that we've a lot of us grew up in and inherited, and. We're going to try to do our best to say, hey, there are alternative forms of Christianity. There is beauty in the tradition. There is, uh, There are thousands of years of saints and sinners and um, mystics and contemplatives who in their own time and place have been alternative to the dominant forms of Christianity that have harmed people for a long time. And we want to express something like uh, those people that have come before us, uh, of which there are many that uh, have informed uh, both you and I. And so part of it is, you know, maybe wrongfully a little bit of a doubling down on the on the word church, uh, in part because I don't really know what else to call it. I don't want to call it like Oasis or... Uh, you know, (laughs) something along, you know, whatever, you know, not to take any knock at any church named Oasis. Sorry. If you're out there listening and you're like, Hey, I go to a church named Oasis. Uh, You know, there's all these names out there that is again, a little bit of the bait and switch that I'm trying to avoid. I'm kind of like, Hey, you know what? We are a church. We're going to deal with what that sort of the ramifications of that. We're going to be a different kind of church. We're going to try our best and we're going to talk about um, Trump or we're going to talk about what's uh, police violence. We're going to talk about military spending. Uh, and I think some of that, like taking away the trappings of church is part of what you referenced earlier, which is the, a little bit of the, the veneer of a kind like trying to not deal with, the harmful aspects of Christianity, but it's like, Hey, if we just change the music and we just change the name and we just get better lighting and sound, uh, then people won't realize that we have all these really like harmful theologies and political ideologies that sort of undergird everything that we do. And so in some ways, I, I guess I'm trying to be the opposite of that. I'm like, yeah, we're keeping the church and the, you know, the sanctuary that was a dining hall and, um, we're going to just try to not say we have the, the answers, but we're going to say, Hey, they raised the military, the defense budget again. Mm-hmm. And what does a faith perspective that says, love your enemy and, um, have compassion towards, uh, those who might be, uh, not like you. What does a faith perspective have to say to the issues of today? and our own personal healing. And so it's, I don't know if that makes, it's like a semantic conversation probably of like in an aesthetic one, honestly, because you're trying to say, uh, you're, you are something, but you are not something else. And so I think to pretend like mission Hills exists outside of what it's trying not to be would be kind of not being totally genuine because it's very much saying, We're trying not to be a variety of these these things, and we do think we are more than what we are not. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but we're more than what we are not. But we are also going to be very sort of honest about yeah, we're we know this form of Christianity, we know we know evangelical megachurch world, Um, and it is very intentional to set a space that is not trying to do those things. I know you and I have talked before, uh, kind of about, you know, using the analogy of like a fast food restaurant or something like that. It's like, you know, in so much of evangelicalism, it's like, yes, like this, this is Burger King. So not, sorry if you like Burger King or, you know, Taco Bell or, you know, whatever we had Habit burger for lunch. Uh, Mission Hills is, is not trying to be, uh, uh, an Applebee's or, you know, sorry, I'm like disparaging all these lovely, okay. lovely American companies. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, we are making intentional choices to not be something. And then hopefully we're going well beyond that to say, and there are all these great things that we can be, as well Mm -hmm. that to me, that's the kind of call it reconstruction, whatever, uh, that is both the creative work of creating something that doesn't yet exist that I, I honestly believe like there's so much of what you and I have experienced at Mission Hills, um, that we recognize, uh, oh yeah, this, this doesn't exist anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so that involves a fair amount of creativity, which I, um, I think we both enjoy, but then it also is, like we said, it's it's mining ancient spiritual practices and saying, okay, well, how can we take this contemplative practice and, you know, strip out some of the things that make it uh, inaccessible or seem like it's too old to have any relevance for today and explain it in a way that actually can make sense in a community setting. So to me, that is a, a huge part of what I love about Mission Hills is that creat- that creative aspect to to do spiritual practice, to, to be in community together. And, um, I don't know, I guess you call that a church.
1: I, yeah. I don't know if that answers your
0: question. <laughs> oh Just gonna let you keep yeah. going. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I, I resonate with a lot of that. I think it's important to not run away from the history that, um, the Christian tradition has and to be very honest with ourselves, um, the, the harm that's been caused, but then also the opportunities to reclaim it. Mission Hills is definitely not like a church of convenience. It's not. What? Uh, yeah, what? yeah, yeah, It's not something that you can like yeah. come in and just. Um, what's the word that we always use? Like consume. Right. Um, it is very much like we're here. We're in this together. You know, you put in or you get out what well, you put in, sort of thing. Um, in in some regards, as far as the connections that you build, but. Yeah, that, it's definitely a place of creativity. It's definitely a place yeah. of breaking down walls or expectations of what a church might have looked like. And it is for me. It's always a fun experience uh, when folks meet me in the queer community or in other like aspects of my life, and then I share that I'm a pastor or I'm a chaplain, and they give me like a double take of, really? Like you? You have? Yeah you know, both sides to you. And of course we're all multifaceted humans, but it's because of people's assumptions of, Oh, the church controls so much of how you're allowed to express yourself or what identities right. you're allowed yeah, to hold. Yeah. Um, and I think like for me, I know growing up through, um, like some of the church's church was sat uh, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Like it was, it was our whole life. Um, And for some folks, like, that can be really important to have church be a hub for, you know, all of your social connections. Um, It can have a lot of power in the local community, but it also doesn't have to be, like, the end all, per se. How would you say we've ended up on kind of the rhythm, the weekly rhythm that we have as a Hmm. church? Why do we... Choose to spend our time mostly on like Sunday service, a Zoom community or not Zoom. We want to move away from Zoom. I promise, y'all. But yeah. uh, community group on Wednesdays, uh, social events that are in our community. Why do we stick with those things versus doing more like programs or or things that other churches utilize?
0: Yeah, it's a good question, and I've I've wrestled with how that and it's changed. I've wrestled with how that like works out. I think generally as you were kind of speaking to my, my hope in philosophy, like we've talked about is like, yeah, that we were all part of churches that you, you spend a lot of your time in community. I think most of us probably say like we had really great experiences and relationships and community that were a part of those types of church structures. I think in general, um, I think just the time in the location and, and what mission Hills is trying to do is I wouldn't say a little, it's kind of a little bit of the opposite of that, which is we want mission Hills to be a kind of touch point and a hub, but not necessarily one that people have to center their lives around like mission Hills is, uh, should be a support for people, not people support for mission Hills. And so that is generally my thinking on that. So anything that I hope we do serves that end. And so when we do things like host the social impact center, like you said, um, and as I mentioned earlier, asking for volunteer support, like that is uh, you know, a sign up that is supporting uh an organization that we love in our community. And it's not something that is going to take up, you know, everybody's weekly time, you know, time after like week after week or something like that. So it is being strategic in uh, what organizations we support, what events uh, we attend, and then what our rhythms are. So over the seven years that I've been here, we've slowly sort of worked into these rhythms. So we use the liturgical calendar. So we go through Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, ordinary time, all that kind of stuff. And then we have our Mission Hills traditions. We had Pride Sunday today. We'll have beach service, beach baptism first Sunday in October. Uh, oh yeah, September is environmental awareness month. So we do a climate series every September. We do a love feast for Thanksgiving every year. So that'll be our eighth. I think eighth love feast this year then we do christmas eve service obviously and all the other things like you know ash wednesday we did ash sunday this past year and so we have the liturgical rhythms and then we kind of have our like i feel like mission hill spin is what suits our community what uh what is what works for us and and then sort of situating ourselves like i find uh a lot of uh I find a lot of like creativity within the structure of traditions and having the liturgical calendar. I feel like we can be, especially people that, um, consider themselves either Christian or Christian adjacent, whatever that means. And we find ourselves like somewhat grounded by these traditions that are a part of our world or our background. And so to me having those kinds of rhythms, uh, tend to be helpful. Um, and then the creativity can happen within that. So that's kind of, if you know, mission Hills, you know, that we're kind of orthodox in some of that structure and then tend to be very, uh, creative within, within that structure. So that's kind of, I think how I broadly envision those rhythms and traditions. And it's, I'm just like always blown away to, to go out to Malibu for instance, beach baptism and to have you know the group or the different groups year in and year out go and uh, get in the water and it just feels uh, sacred and connected to the Spirit of Mission Hills and um, what makes life really beautiful and what makes some of these um, seemingly uh, ancient rituals like baptism really come to life for people and families and not like in a creepy Christian way, but in a way that, uh, is really grounded and says something about the nature of transformation and new life. And being a part of that is to me, something that's like, I don't know, it never stops being really special to me. So to have those kind of rhythms, like built into the aspect of the community, it's always something that kind of annoyed me about, uh, parts of evangelical church where I grew up Baptist, you know, evangelical, whatever. Which is like no liturgical calendar, no rhythms. And it was just always like random sermon series that like some dude found off the internet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just like, I'm yeah. like you just don't like, okay, what month is it? Is it okay, it's like March, and this guy's talking about like the 10 steps or whatever. Um and <laughs> I don't know. I don't I couldn't come up with any good sermon title off the top of my head. I didn't pay attention enough in church. We were like pass we were just always like passing notes in the pew, so
1: I was always drawing, so that checks out.
0: I thought you were gonna say I was always drunk. <laughs> I, was, yeah. always drunk. No, I, was, I always, was always drunk.
1: I was always drunk. I was also always doodling. Um No, I think all of that is so true. And I, I like the challenge of We follow the lectionary, right, for all of our our sermons. And there's this kind of fun challenge, and maybe it's just because I'm slightly a theological nerd, um, of coming up with an alternative way to think about the text that's been put in front of us. Like, we don't Mm, necessarily have as much choice um, if we are sticking with it over what text we're going to preach from. But there's a, a fun and hard a moment of how do we wrestle with it? What would make sense for Mission Hills to hear? What do I kind of generally think about this text and what questions might we be able to address Hmm. where we don't have to come to one conclusion by the end of a Sunday, um, but how do we open it up versus the traditional reading of a specific text that we are working through?
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, that's good.
1: And I've, I've put a lot of thought into you know, the music aspect of Mission Hills, trying to uh, be very intentional with what groups um, we're playing or um, what songs, what theology is included in the things that we're singing week to week. I mean, today I did a similar song, so I feel like we're in a really (laughs) good spot at Mission Hills. It was good. Um, But it can, I think, make or break someone's experience because if you've only ever heard a song in an unaffirming space or one that you felt uncomfortable with, music can be a huge trigger for someone, yeah. um, especially if the theology is not part of your conversation. Like, you can't really go from having a progressive reading of a text to then singing, like, nothing but the blood and, you know, atonement theory right, just yeah. throws everything for a loop.
0: And um, we've been there. We've, we've it, been there. Yeah, we've yeah. gone through that. Season. And it's really yeah, hard it's to hard.
1: wrestle. Yeah. Um, And I've been very grateful to have a lot of creative freedom of how we do art and music in Mission Hill space. There's sometimes we're taking secular songs, or I'm using very niche, um, like, queer artists who are writing new music. Or we're doing a rewrite of a hymn that we're all familiar with, but now has new words that expands the meaning. Um, And I think some folks will ask me, like, well, why do we still sing songs at all if we don't feel like we believe in a god that you know has to be worshiped Worshipped, or is yeah. expecting something from us in these services and i think part of it's reflected in the songs that we choose where they're less about um you know holy holy in the highest and more so on singing like everything is sacred is a is a mm. song that i've been loving um also kind of from an unexpected source But talking about how the ordinary is just as important in our day-to-day life, um, our meditation space will try to affirm that, try to sing songs that affirm our bodies, um, get Mm. us back into experiencing them. Even if you can't experience yourself fully as positive yet because you're unworking some of that theology, how can you get to a space where you feel neutral? Um, There's just all these steps that I think it can be helpful working through
0: yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm glad that you like brought up the the aspect around even just uh, w- certain kinds of language that don't that aren't necessarily even um, bad theologically, but might just be like problematic hangups mm-hmm. that are the the associations with even a word like holy, or like I was mentioning earlier, spiritual. Like whenever we hear stuff like that, sometimes the associations, there's too much to then overcome that a word becomes unhelpful within the context of church or a spiritual space. Mm -hmm. So then it's incumbent on us to, to think of, all right, how can we, how can we say in, in a sense, get at the essence of the sacred without using a terminology that's just not helpful to people. And I think that's, that's a context thing. And that's a time thing. Uh, I think, you know, uh, you're, we're both millennials. So it definitely is something that I think is part of our generation's, uh, like creative work has to be figuring out ways to, to move forward, um, with constructive language that, that speaks to, I don't know if I'm making sense, but, that speaks to, um, to real life. And, but that also captures something about, um, the transcendent nature of reality or the imminent nature of reality. Um, the, the moreness of, of everything, the depth of, of what we're trying to convey. And so I think music is such a powerful medium for that. You do such a great job and I'm just like grateful for the work that you do and, uh, especially the work of um Q worship Q fellowship no it's Q, Q worship, worship Q worship yeah. no. sorry Q fellowship I don't I love you guys too um, but uh it is yeah it is like some of I think the most difficult work to do uh and doesn't probably get enough um praise and attention for how, how much work is involved in not only rethinking the, all of that, the theology aspect, but then uh, crafting really beautiful music as well. Um, and yeah, I thought today was such a beautiful example of that. But I don't know if there's anything else that you, you have to say around like music and how we think about, is there anything else around like what we're, you know, what we hope music to for somebody that like walks into Mission Hills, I mean, like we've said, is a variety of different like r- religious backgrounds of like what you would hope for music to, to be for people when they are at Mission Hills.
1: Yeah. I think the space of music is one that helps foster, um, contemplation and also honestly growth because, For most people walking into Mission Hills, especially for their first time, they're probably not going to recognize the music. The songs that they're used to hearing or singing, you probably won't find at Mission Hills. And the songs that we're singing probably haven't heard in other spaces. So I know that that sometimes can be um, a little bit uncomfortable because you're hoping to have something that feels familiar. Um, But what I think has been true over time is that you know, if someone's coming and doesn't necessarily have, uh, that strong religious background and are coming more from a contemplative background, I want those folks to also feel comfortable singing a song that they feel like they can relate to Mm. from a, a number of different perspectives. Um, and so I think what's been beautiful is having conversations, um, that worship doesn't have to be a performance so much as it is just another part of the dialogue, whether that's with each other, or with yourself, or with your belief, or your doubt, your questions. Um, It is part of the embodiment, also, of your faith, um, that it takes on a different tone, and it brings it from just being an intellectual (laughs) endeavor to being something that you can feel, Mm. without it being something that gets manipulated, that you feel forced to have an emotional experience so much as just one that hopefully grounds you in the goodness of your own self your own body and if that connects you spiritually in other ways right um, your sense of oneness or your sense of something greater than yourself then that's awesome um, that's all I have yeah no <laughs> there's more but yeah it's hard to come to yeah close
0: no I, I think I I resonate with a lot of what you're saying as somebody who really appreciates the uh, music at Mission Hills and how somebody who appreciates the evolution of music at mission Hills. And I think there's been these really distinct and beautiful eras of music that, that have now got us to a point that I feel like it, um, it really reflects, uh, who we are as a community and the people that, uh, are part of mission Hills and then better reflects, uh, the spirit and the ethos of like what we want to create and having all these different elements, like you mentioned, the liturgical structure, the conversational piece. I think you mentioned, uh, in one of your podcasts that, uh, you know, we start late, but so much of that, that first part of the, you know, activity where people are coming in, you know, just hanging out and coming in late and coming in 30 minutes late. Um, you know, that's part of like the Quirk of Mission Hills is that nobody shows up on time, but that is also just a valuable piece of what we find is meaningful. And so that, that, that balance of saying, okay, well, we see this sort of like quirkiness of a bunch of people who have certain feelings about church um, basically means like, yeah, we don't really care if we're late to church. Like, there's nothing really binding us coming to church on time, and so that tends to lead itself to people being all over the place when people arrive. Now, if you're new to Mission Hills, welcome. Um, but also, it's difficult when uh, it can be difficult when visitors get there on time and they're like, "Where's everybody?" <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> if you are like new to Mission Hills or you haven't, you know, haven't visited Mission Hills in person, come 15 minutes late. Just. Come at ten thirty. You'll be if, on time. Yeah, you'll be on time. And if anybody who's listening to this has been going to Mission Hills for uh, five, six years, you're always late. So come early. All right. So this is just I will keep just saying this, but all that to say is like there are certain aspects of like what Mission Hills just is that we've come to love those aspects about our community and say, all right, you know what we see uh, that this is who we are, and also what we value is, you know what we don't value starting on time. And that sometimes bothers people. And I I get it. You know, people have things to do and places to be. Um, but for us, what is more valuable is that people get to be themselves and people get to show up when they want to show up. And I, I value people getting to hang out and talk rather than starting announcements at a particular time every week. Um, and so part of those little like quirks about Mission Hills are things that have, have just happened. And then also there are intentional decisions kind of behind uh, letting those things continue to evolve. And then, you know, you have something like you've mentioned meditation, like having a space in, in a service where people can connect to their bodies, like feel their feet like down on the ground, like feel their breath moving through their body. You know, maybe they, people like don't have a space in their week where they can, you know, carve out time to do that. All right, we're gonna, just going to carve out five minutes to practice contemplation, uh, read some poetry, feel our bodies. Uh, you know, and you mentioned music is, you know, whether people sing or not. Like, there is something that moves people whenever you you sing or are in a room of people who are singing. And like you said, you might not have the same religious associations towards those songs, and that's something that we're always trying to to change and to uh, have music that reflects who we are sincerely. Um, so all of these little elements, artistic elements, doing uh, special events that um, take us out in nature, um, doing uh, little retreats, doing um, you know times of silence, like all of these different aspects are just ways of saying, maybe here's how some of us connect. Maybe some of us it's, it's through music. Maybe some of us it's through, um, sports. Maybe some of us it's activism or walking in nature. Maybe it's, um, music, maybe it's contemplation. Maybe it's just hanging out with people and laughing. Um, and so we're just trying to, um, say there are many ways of connecting to God and connecting to each other and, they don't have to be they don't have to be in um conventional i don't want to say conventional but like religious environments where there's always sort of a like an expectation on the other end what what would like what would you call that i, I always feel- feel like in like certain churches there's like a you do this and then like there's a there's sort of a catch um and so for us it's like you no, know, it's it's like our role to to, uh, take what we've observed and and learned and experienced, and say, how can we best craft a space where everybody can belong? And it feels, uh, sincere to our time and place and what we know. And I think, you know, if we're sort of true to that, then, I mean, that's always, that's all I've ever tried to be true towards is like, what do I, what do I know? What can I do? Um, uh, where can I listen and um, who do I need to be listening to and learning from? And how can I d- get a little bit better at that and like bring it into a community space where it um, hopefully avoid some of these, I don't know, classic pitfalls. Uh, yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, all that is well said. Is there any like final things that you would add of like someone's takeaway of what, mission hills is or do you feel like that so well
0: maybe we can kind of get into that in uh, part two plug for part two um if if you made it this far thank you for listening i think you know in part two i want to talk about things like around um maybe some of the language like the i mentioned belonging healing and wholeness um why do we talk about richard Rohr so much like, why do we quote this guy all the time? Uh, why do we talk about sort of the things we talk about? Why do we center, maybe even why we center uh, environmentalism and queer inclusion? Uh, why are these so, these kinds of things so core to the stuff that we just like always, always talk about? And then uh, questions like, uh, how does Mission Hills identify, does it identify as a progressive church? All these kinds of things. So you can get into that in the next one? A-plus. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this part one. I hope something in this, uh, in my ramblings were, were helpful. Uh, we're really just trying to answer some of these things that uh, maybe float around Mission Hills uh, in our community all the time, and uh, but maybe don't have necessarily the time and place to kind of just talk through these and sort of meander uh, some of these questions that really um, kind of, are a little bit maybe inside baseball, but kind of are in the background of our heart. When we approach a lot of the things that uh, we do and a lot of things that we say at mission Hills. And uh, so, yeah, I hope some of this was helpful. Um, You have anything to close us out with
1: nothing fancy. Thanks for, thanks for being here and we'll continue to try and create these spaces together. Co-create.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode. All right. Bye.